this and I know this is it is a busy time it's one of the most busiest time of the year and you may say how is it busy well some of you are in the midst of the business and and so some have put up their lights and and um, and and it, it it takes a long time to put up Christmas lights doesn't it and then um, and an effort and then you come in and you're tired and they eat a meal and then you take a nap and then you, you go back and do it again and and then or decorating that the house and um, and or attending gatherings and and um, and buying presents and, and wrapping presents and um, and um, for those that are brave enough to go to the mall <laughs> and to shop and with the crowds and and so it's just a, it's the most busiest time of the year it, it really is and so we, we want to be very careful that that we don't miss Christ in Christmas and that we don't flip the word Christmas around and, and miss Christ and that we we would keep Jesus in the center of of all that we do um, um, until we celebrate Christmas next next um, next what Wednesday, and um, and not not only um, celebrate uh, Christmas um, next Wednesday, but I believe as believers we should celebrate in Christ each and every single day of our life. And so so we, we are now in, in the um, the second lesson of our series of of celebrating the, the gift that God has given us, and this is a gift of Jesus, and the, and the gift of Jesus never breaks, <laughs> the gift of Jesus never leaves, or the gift of Jesus uh, uh, he he satisfies all all the time, and so. So we're, we're, we're going to begin before we read the scriptures. There's a video I want to I share with you, and we'll turn off the lights in the very back. And so, um, so let's go ahead and play, play the video, and then, um, and then we'll move forward within our study.
where Christmas begins uh, from the scriptures, according to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25 this morning. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, Christmas. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Now back at verse 18, we are informed according to the scripture that Mary was found to be with child. Mary was found to be with child. In other words, Mary, Mary was pregnant. Now, you, you, we have to put ourselves in, in Mary's sandals, if you will. Mary was a young girl during this time period. Bible scholars actually believe that she was around the age, the age of, of 16 to 18 years old, respectfully. Now, imagine for, for, for a moment that, that here is Mary. And then the, the, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and then caused a miracle to take place. And, and Mary, being around 16 years old, maybe 17 years old, maybe even 18 years old, she's a young girl. She's a young girl. And then so she's now, she's going to be giving birth to, to Jesus. And then in, in, in her mind, she has to think, okay, how's this going to be? How, how can I, as a young girl, going to be sharing this over with, with Joseph, with my parents, with, with the whole community? Because I'm betrothed. I'm, and the word betrothed means I'm engaged. And, and so that they all knew, and maybe they had a big, giant engagement party there. And, and so people know that, that she's going to be married to Joseph. And, and wait a minute, she is now pregnant. And, and so... Mary was put in a very difficult situation. Imagine, again, being in Mary's shoes, being in that predicament, being young, ha- having to go to Joseph, and, and maybe she rehearsed it a few times and looked in the mirror and just said, okay, Joseph, there's something I need to tell you. Um, a, a, a miracle took place. Um, I'm pregnant. You know, maybe she, she role-played it that way in her, in her mind. Or maybe she thought about, okay, uh, her parents and the family members, her neighbors, maybe she thought about, okay, I'm going to go to them and just say, okay, you're, you're going to see me um, starting to, my, my tummy's going to get a little, little big, and, and, um, and I'm going to conceive a Savior. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. And so Mar- Mary had to go through this. She had to go through this. And so what Mary did is Mary was one who placed her complete trust in the Holy Spirit of God. Because we are informed in verse 18 that this was from the Holy Spirit. 
And know this, like Mary, when the Holy Spirit moves in your life, he always works out the details. He always works out the details. And those details, beloved, know this. The details are always so beautiful from the Lord. The details are always so wonderful from, from the Lord. And in the midst of, 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 of a time where there's a, a sense of unknown of, of explaining how or how am I going to do this? How am I going to tell Joseph? How am I going to tell the people in the community? The Lord always prepares the way. We know from John the Baptist, the Lord prepared the way for, for Jesus to come. And the Lord has a way to always prepare the way. And then the midst of this kind of storm you could feel, the Lord has a way to quiet your heart. The Lord has a way to quiet your mind because your mind, and you know this and, and I know this, we all have experienced this together, haven't we? There's so many thoughts that just flood our mind and those thoughts affect our emotion and then we can't sleep at night, we can't function, but the Lord has a way to say, storm, be still. Be still of all these thoughts that are just raging. And the Lord has a way to think on what causes us to think on whatever is true, like Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says. And what is true? The truth is this, that the Holy Spirit of God is, is moving. And that's where we rest. May I encourage you, rest in truth and do not rest, uh, rest in exaggerations. I have found this out. I have found this out. A lot of times the things that we think about are, don't even uh, transpire. And so we, we waste our energy, we waste our, our thoughts on the unknown. Oh no, rest your thoughts on the known. And the known is God is with me. God is moving in my, in my midst. God is present. And I could be still and know that he is God and I could have rest and sleep like a baby at night. And I think some of you, even you find yourself maybe like in, in Mary Sandal where there's some unknowns that are happening or some explaining that you have to do. Oh, may you just rest. Rest in the Lord and rest what God thinks about you. Rest what God thinks about you. And so you could be still, you could be confident, you could be secure in the presence of the Lord. Not necessarily with a present because that, that present, uh, it, it could break, it, 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 can, it won't satisfy ultimately, but his presence always will satisfy you. And so that's what, what Mary did. Mary, Mary lived out, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. She didn't lean upon her understanding. She trusts the Lord with all her heart. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 speaks about that. Proverbs says, and these are words of wisdom, and these are wisdom that God wants us to apply to our life. They're in the scriptures that we are to trust in the Lord with half our heart. Oh, no, with our whole heart. Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not depend upon your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you with path to take. And so may we be like a Mary. May we learn like Mary and just to rest in the Lord, trust in the Lord, trust in the spirit of God and he will direct our footsteps and he'll make everything beautiful in, in his time. Because some of you, you, you be, may be in a territory where, like Mary was in a territory she's never been before. But I love in these new adventures that the Lord takes us in. He goes with us. And we say, Lord, I've never gone through this door you're taking me through. But Lord, if you go with me, I will go. If you hold me, Lord, I'm there. If you call me out of the boat and you call me, Lord, to step in that water, I'm going to go in that water because you are with me in that water and I'm not going to drown because you are with me. Lord, you call me to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord. 
Lord, you're with me, Lord. I won't fear. Because perfect love casts out fear. And Jesus is love. People want to know what is love. Love is J-E-S-U-S. That's love. That's love. Love came down from heaven to earth to be with you, to be a present to you. Y'all have received a, a wonderful present. And, and like we're going to be giving presents next, next Wednesday, right? And you're going to get this present and you're going to hand it to someone. And they're going to extend their hand. They're going to take that present from you, right? The Lord wants us to extend our hand and accept the, the gift of Jesus. And he's a gift that stays, that's satisfied, that will be with you, that will walk with you through that door. And I found out something when I walk through the Lord through some difficult doors. My relationship with Christ, it deepens. I hear his voice more clearer than ever before because I'm tuning out the loudness of society and I'm tuning in my Savior's words. And his words they become an anchor to my soul. They become an anchor to me. And yes, I'm going back and forth. I'm going back and forth. But guess what? I'm not going to go down because eventually I'm going to be going up with the Lord. And so let's be like Mary. Let's trust the Lord. Let's walk with the Lord. He will work out all the details. You don't need to figure things out. As a man, and one being, being married, um, this is hard for me at times. I have to admit this. Confession time. As a man, some of you guys are, are this way. Uh, let me know. Men, men are fixers, right? We like to fix things. So I've learned uh, with, within my marriage when my wife will share something with me, I, I've learned to, to ask, do you want me to fix this or do you want me just to listen? And there's often times where she just needs a listening ear because we want to fix things. But ultimately, what needs to take place is saying, Lord, can you fix it? Can, can you heal? Can, can you restore? And the Lord says, that's what I'm all about. S and J services to the rescue. Savior and Jesus, here we come. And, and he will rescue anyone. And, and it does not matter what you're going through, what your family is going through. He is ever present to be your strength. And to be your peace. And that's just who he is. And he loves you so, 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 so much. Now we're going to see that the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph. So Mary was going through a difficult time. And so was Joseph. Notice with me how the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in verse 20. And this is Joseph. In verse 20 it says, But while he, he is Joseph, while he thought about these things. So he's contemplating this. He's, he's considering it. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So I, I can imagine Joseph. I'll call him Joe by short because Joe's a cool name. <laughs> he's there. The Bible says he's thinking about it. He's contemplating it. He's thinking, I know I didn't um, cause that to take place. <laughs> I know that for sure. I wonder, could it be? 
the girl that I'm betrothed to marry, going to be engaged to and be married to, can it be that she cheated on me? That's a natural thought, right? He thought about these things. Because we know that that just doesn't, like, happen. Something supernaturally happened. I've learned oftentimes God can do supernatural things through natural means. A lot of times people just want to be in the natural realm. Oh, there's another realm out there. And we have to be open to the Holy Spirit of God. I think sometimes that God may be limited in our lack of faith. And that's why Jesus is attracted to faith. So many times in the scripture, Jesus says, your faith has healed you. Your faith. And the word faith simply means trust. It's just a young child just like jumping off a stage into their dad's arm. Like, I know my dad's got me. So I trust him. And so the Bible says with Joseph, he was thinking about this. Like, what am I going to do? The one that, that we spent time together, we, we ate together, we hung out together, we told stories together, we wrestled maybe together, tickled each other perhaps. She's now pregnant, and, I, and I'm not the one that, that did that to her. Can, did someone else do that? Joseph was thinking about this. He was thinking about this. And as Joseph, no doubt, was hurting no doubt, no doubt Joseph was disappointed. He was disappointed on what occurred. There then the Bible says that the angel of the Lord was sent to him. An angel of the Lord. It was of the Lord that was sent to him. And the angel of the Lord came to Joseph for the reason to bring comfort to him, to, to minister to him. And that's what the Lord does. The Lord always has a way when you find yourself and Joseph's sandals where something happened and you're distraught. You're wondering what's going to happen. What's my next step forward? I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm burdened. What's going to take place? It's at those times that the Lord has a way. The Lord is so faithful. He's faithful in the past. He's faithful in the present, in your present, in our future to, to comfort us, to hold us, to, to minister to us, to give us a deep-seated peace that this world can never give, that alcohol can never give, that smoking weed can never give. I don't need to be high. I need to be stable in the Lord. And God has a way to, to help me to deal with things straight on. I don't run from things. I deal with things because God is my strength and he helps me through, through difficult times. So the Lord comforts us. The Bible speaks about that in the book of Psalms. Psalms 94 verse 19. Psalms 94 verse 19 says, In the multitudes, in my anxieties. So there's multitudes of anxiety. There's worry within me. There, there's, there's a storm raging within me. And the Lord comes into those storms and he says, peace be still, that your comfort delights my soul. He comforts us because that's an attribute of God. He's a God of all compassion. He's a God of all comfort. So he comforts you. He ministers to you. And as he ministers to you, you're called to bring that comfort and that compassion to other people. So people that have lost hurting ones, you know exactly how that is. And you could hold them and you could share with them and you could cry with them and you could walk with them and you say, my God has been faithful to me. I want you to know my God's going to be faithful to you too. You're going to get through this and we're going to get through this together. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm not going to leave your side. I'm going to text you if you don't want me to text you. 
I'm going to be there for you. Why? Because God was there for me. And he will hold you and will help you. He'll be there because that's why he came. That's Christmas. God is with us. And I have found out during devastating times when people want wonder, where is God in this? As they said in 9-11, September 11th, what happened? Where is God in this? Oh, God, God was with the first responder running towards you to help you. Oh, God was with that nurse. Oh, God was that with that other person that came to you. How God uses his people as we are his ambassadors. How we are filled with the spirit, led by the spirit to come and just to be his presence. We're all chaplains, by the way. And Jesus is the first chaplain because he came to minister to the brokenhearted. And so the Lord causes us to come alongside people to be the ministry of his presence. And so Joseph was distraught, no doubt. Joseph was going through difficult times. And the Lord came. The Lord sent an angel to minister to him. And as the Lord sent an angel to minister to Joseph, the Lord will be sending an angel to minister to you. He does that when we're hurting, when, when we're disappointed, when we have anxiety, grief. God will send an angel of a person just to come alongside you. Or God will, will cause you to open up his word and, and the, the living water of his word, you're going to drink it in. And, and, and it keeps you focused on truth. It reminds you of who God is. And you're drinking the living water, the word of God. And, and God just tells you everything's going to be okay, my son. My daughter, everything's going to be okay. Because I hold you in the palm of my right hand. And I'm in control. Now the angel of the Lord directs Joseph what name this child should be called. He comforts Joseph and then directs Joseph. Notice in verse 21 what the angel of the Lord told Joseph. In verse 21, the Bible says, And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So Joseph was directed and obedient, by the way, to what the Lord said, because God doesn't want us to only be hearers of the word, but God wants us to be obedient or doers of the word. And, and so the angel of the Lord said, Joseph, yes, angel of the Lord, I want you to call his name Jesus. And, and the name Jesus, oh, it's a special name. It's a beautiful name. The name Jesus in Greek corresponds to the Hebrew name Yahshua, meaning Joshua. And, and that word means that the Lord saves and that's the name of Jesus. He saves the, the, the name. This child's name indicates the reason why he came from heaven to earth. He came to save his people from their sins. So we don't have to be died and, and, and buried within our same within our sins. But God came to set us free from from the sins. He came to reconcile God and his people for all eternity. And that's why we celebrate Christmas again. There are so many reasons why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because God is with us. We, came, we come to celebrate Christmas because that babe that was in there, in, in that manger, went to the cross and he, and he bore our sins. And that's what the Lord did. And we love him for that. We appreciate to them and we worship him. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, for he who knew no sin, Jesus knew no sin, but he became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The Lord left heaven, came to earth because God so loved 
the world and you could insert your name where it says the world. God so loved you that he gave his son. He gave his son because he loved the people of the world. Let's put this in perspective a little bit. What if God came to you and said, you know what? I love the cucarachas. Yeah, the cucarachas. I love them. I know you try to kill them and step on them, but I love them. I love them so much. And what I want you to do is I want you to become a cucaracha. <laughs> Would you do that? Being a bug? I don't know about you. When I was young and growing up in L.A. and Almani, we had some cucarachas in the casa. <laughs> just straight up. That's just how it was. It's all good. You know, I, I would put them next to me on the chair and put a bib on them, too. <laughs> In the car, put a seatbelt on them. <laughs> because God said, I, I love these people. I love these people. These people are listening. I'm mad at you, God. I hate you, and I curse at you, and all that. Oh, I'm just going to wrap my arms around you and, and, and love you. There was times I remember when um, I used to be mad at my mom. I used to get my fist, put them by my side, look at my mom. So, mad at you. Mad at you. <laughs> I make those faces. You know what my mom used to do? I, my mom. She used to get her arms and just smotherly, smother me with her love. And that just caused my, my, my hands just to be released and just, and just soak in her love. That's what God does. There's times we have a hard heart. I'm mad at this world. I'm mad at these circumstances. I'm just, I'm just mad. In fact, I'm going to change my middle name to mad. <laughs> I'm angry. You know, there, there's a lot of reasons to be angry at this world. You know, some people, they, 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 they have unfortunate situations that they have to deal with on a regular basis. People that they live with or people that they work with or, or um, their neighbors um, or their dog. I mean, there's so many unfortunate situations on a regular basis. And I can see and understand logically why they could, you could draw a conclusion why they're upset. And, you know, A, B, and C, you know, equals this upsetness in the person. But, but you know what? In the Lord, he has a way to cause us to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He gives us his understanding. He gives us his eyes he gives us his patience. He gives us his ear so we can hear people. And he changes us and we become Christians. We become Christ-like. That's what word Christian means, by the way. Definition of Christian is Christ-like. And how is Christ-like? It's the fruit of the Spirit. And so God has a way just to cause us to be like him. So we know that he came from heaven to earth to, to reconcile to us, to, to God. That's why he came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. This babe in the, in the, 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 the manger, the, this, this, this babe in the cradle went to the cross. That's, that's what happened. And, and so he could forgive us of our sins. And not only forgive us of our sins, and this is a part of the Lord Jesus Christ that I love, that I proclaim to, to a lot of people. He also came, and this is a part I love. Let me tell you that one more time. This is the part I love. And that he came to break the power of sin and addiction. He could break the power of addiction. You know, it's not a 10-step program, beloved. It's a one-step program to Jesus Christ. Titus chapter 2, verse 12 says, He teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled. We can say no to that. We can say, I don't, I'm not going to take that. 
and to live upright. We don't have to live a downing type of life anymore. We can could, we could live upright and live godly lives in this present age. This is an ungodly world that godly people live in. We're called to be in this world, not of this world. How does that happen? It happens because my affection is upward and not on things of this world. So I could live in this world. And, and so people will try to, you could, they could tempt you and you're like, no, that's not for it. Because the, the Lord is the Lord over your heart, over your life. He's not only your savior, he's your Lord. And you love Jesus so much, you don't want to break his heart and flirt with sin. That's why you don't get involved in with it. Like, Lord, I, I have a greater, I have a, a, a greater passion for you than, than an earthly passion for this thing or the, this substance or whatever it is. So, Lord, I'm committed, Lord, to you because you're committed to me. You, you love me, Lord. You first love me, Lord. And I just responded to that love. So we could say no. We could say no to, to, to that to that passion or to that lust. And whatever it is, God can break it. And, and, and don't be ashamed. I, I've, for, as, as, a, as a pastor, I, I've heard pretty much of it all. Addictions and lusts and, and struggles and all that. And I always say the same answer. God can break that back of that addiction. I don't care what it is. Pornography, I don't care if it's drinking. I don't care what it, what it is. God can break the back of it. He can set people free. I've seen gang members set free. Bikers set free. I've seen people that have it all together set free. You know, God can set anybody free. And he who the, the Lord sets free, they're free indeed. And they don't have to put on a front because they live their life living for the Lord. And now they live their life comfortable in their own skin. That I don't have to be a wannabe. Want to be this or want to be that. Because I'm still in God's presence. I, I know who I am in the Lord. My identity has been found I am fearfully, wonderfully made. I'm concerned what God thinks about me, not what my coworkers think about me. I'm concerned with how God's thoughts towards me and his thoughts. If I would ever go to, go to the beach or think about the beach, his thoughts outnumber all the little particle sands of, of the whole world, the, the beaches. He, he's constantly thinking about me. Why? Because I'm the apple of his eye. I'm the delight of his heart. So I live my life in that realm. And notice you can never please people. You can never please a boss because a lot of times bosses, they're just concerned about the bottom line number and it's performance. And so you always feel that, that you have to perform with the Lord. You could just rest and do all things unto him. And then when you leave, you, you clock out and then you can move forward in your relationship with the Lord. So despite and I, and I, I love this with um, the um, um, uh, athletes. Despite if they make that winning touchdown or if they don't, they don't find their identity in a football. They find their identity in Christ. Despite whatever profession that, that you, you get to be in, that's not you. Who you are is you are a child of the living God Almighty that, that he said, I want you to be mine. He's chosen you. He has drawn you to himself. And that's who we are. And so he could break any addiction. He could break any bondage. That's just that's who he is. And all problems in this world can be traced back to sin. And the son of God came to save us from sin and its power and its stronghold over our life. And now you and I, we can sing. We could sing the, the song and that, that this song that we're not dreaming of a white Christmas. Oh, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. 
We're living in a white Christmas. Why? Because the blood of Christ has made us white as snow, according to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. And so because of the Lord, we're white as snow. And so we enjoy Christmas because we understand what Christmas is all about. And everything that makes up Christmas, we, we praise God for it. the lights. We say, Lord, you are the light of the world. Lord, the, the presence. Lord, you are the one that gave the, the first presence. Lord, the, the gatherings together. Lord, we acknowledge you are the one that gathered us together in your name. So everything is redeemed for Jesus Christ. And we put everything in perspective when we thank the Lord for that. As we're coming to a conclusion, verses 22 and 23, we're informed of the birth of Jesus was prophesied. The birth of Jesus was prophesied, verses 22 and 23. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And, and what Matthew does is Matthew tells us about this prophecy that, that was given in the, on the Old Testament, this prophecy is recorded in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 and, and, and know that Jesus came and he fulfilled so many prophecies and in fact there's over 300 prophecies uh, that concerns Christ coming the birth, birth of Jesus Christ and, and if you are one or if you know someone that's ever harbor nagging, uh, uh, nagging th- doubt about the truthfulness of Christianity and Jesus all you need to do is just study the Old Testament and you can see all those prophecies that have been spoken about Jesus or if you like you could go with us um, in 2021, get a brochure at the back table and go to Israel with us and go and, and, um, and go. Maybe we could visit Bethlehem and, and visit the, the town where Jesus grew up in. And so you could be in the very place where, where Jesus Christ was prophesied, where he, where he lived and, and, and he, and he um, served other people. And so, so uh, Matthew, he refers to the, the prophet. And so there's so many prophecies about Jesus Christ and know that the prophecies are promises and, and God's promises are always true. Are you holding to God's promises? Hold to God's promises. During difficult times, hold to God's promises. Write them on a wall. If you're driving, put them on your dashboard. And and the, the word of God wraps your mind, wraps your heart as a beautiful present. And you and you think about scripture. And God is able to minister to you as you think about scripture. In verse 23, as we refer to this prophecy that Isaiah gave, that the last three words, it says, God with us. And that's the prophecy that God is with us. And that's what Christmas is. Christmas is that God is with us. God is with us. He, he came to be, to be with us. The baby in the manger was God himself in the person of his son. He was deity in a diaper and he came to be with his people, see, that they would never be alone in this cold, harsh world. He is God with us to be our wonderful counselor. He is God with us to be your mighty God. He is God with you to be your everlasting father. He is God with you to be your prince of peace. He is God to comfort you, to enlighten you, to protect you, and to defend you. That's who God is is and he's with you 
And that's who God is. He is a savior for the people of this world. He came to transform people's lives. And he wants to continue to transform your life and to transform my life and the people's lives of this community. So we have to go to the highways and byways. People have been invited to the, to the um, wedding feast. And we have to let them know you've been invited. Jesus personally invites you to come in and dine with them, have a relationship with them. So we can't let up. We need to put that our foot upon the pedal and keep moving forward into the whole world hears until this whole community hears in Montclair and Laverne and Chino, Chino Hills, Ontario, Upland, Mexico, everywhere. We want people to know about Jesus Christ. So we're on a mission. This mission is not impossible with God because with God, all things are possible. And so we want to have people come to know the Lord. So we live life with a purpose. We live life with a mission. We live life with a reason. We live life with meaning. We live life to fulfill God's will on earth as he really established in heaven and his will is to throw out the net to draw in people so they can have a relationship with him and that's why he came from heaven to earth let's finish up by reading verses 22 24 and 25 then joseph being aroused from sleep did as the angel of the lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name jesus Joseph was willing to accept God's will no matter the consequences. Christmas cannot be about creative stuff. It has to be about the creator who completes us, who absolutely completes us. I'm sorry to let you know that that gift is not going to complete you. It will temporarily bring you some joy, but a later model will eventually come out. But the Lord is never the latest model. He's an all-sufficient one, and he completes you. Colossians 2.10, you are complete in Christ. So as we are preparing ourselves to celebrate Christ, next Wednesday, celebrate Christmas, celebrate Christ, really. May we acknowledge his presence every step of the way.